And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than two penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Both Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the live room. As we watch along the second quarter of the preseason game between the Eagles and Browns, Eagles scoring touchdowns on their first two drives, 14-7 now. Uh, Zach has not showed up yet. So, you know, just for those of you... We're keeping tabs on those kinds of things. Good thing to know. But we do have some people in the uh, in the stage already. So let's uh, let's bring somebody on. Daniel. Hey, Bo. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, so listen, I was watching a lot of the Bucks, particularly the last game of the season last year for our Eagles, and you know, with Adamic and Sue and and the big three they had up front. Um, it seemed like, you know, they had a really strong 3-4 going with three really big guys uh, anchoring the middle. And with the addition of Hassan Reddick and bringing in Jordan Davis, I'm just wondering, at practice, have you seen anything where it looks like, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing their big DTs, three of them, in the middle with some outside rushers? Um, or is that not really JG style? No, we've definitely seen that. Uh, I mean, the the thing about the summer is they've shown a ton of different looks, um, but there have definitely been times when it's been, you know, for instance, uh, Milton Williams and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave on the field together or Jordan Davis is, is in that mix. I mean, you see it on the field right now. They've got three defensive tackles on the line and then two guys standing up. I think that's definitely something that you will see more of this year than, than last year. Thank you for the thank you for the uh, the call. Facebook. Zach, can you hear me? Are you on? Zach. Zach, are you on or what? Okay, guess not. Uh, let's send it to Zachary A. We don't have Zach Burns, so we'll take a different Zach. Zach. Hello? Zachary Hi, A, how are you? Zachary. Yeah, I, I, Hi, how are you? Good. good. First off, I just wanted to say I think it's awesome that Zach's a comedy fan. I think that adds a lot to the Bible. <laughs> Um, my question is a pretty simple one, and I think something that would keep beating into the ground, but I just can't believe everyone's saying it. Uh, otherwise, I just think that Jalen Hurts is not the starter in 2023, and I'm just blown away by the amount of people that think Logan. Can you speak to that a little? Sure. I mean, I, I'm not so convinced, and I know, and I know Zach, uh, the other Zach, 
um, frames it as like it's not just a Jalen Hurts question. It's about what the other options are. And I think that's right. Um, like if there are no veterans available and if uh, one of the other four teams with two first round picks is able to move up for a rookie or, uh, you know, those teams aren't willing to trade those picks to begin with. It make it's not it's not like the Eagles can just snap their fingers and replace Jalen Hurts, but I would say that like the Jalen Hurts I've seen this summer, like if he plays this well in the regular season, I, I would be hard pressed to think the Eagles are going to go out and replace him. It, it depends on what they are able to find, but I also think that your spidey sense is right that like Howie Roseman's not going to not going to necessarily go down with Jalen Hurts leading the ship if he has a choice like. He's always going to be involved and and looking for a better quarterback if he can find one. I've got a I've got a bit of a weird thing going on. Like the I have to hold the ear the uh, phone up to my ear like it's a phone call, but that's fine. Uh, let's go to okay. Daniel R. Do we already have Daniel R? Let's go to Robert K. Robert K. How are you? Hey guys, um, kind of tagging on with the last question with a hypothetical. I think we're kind of in agreement that. Um, we're probably not going to be in position for the top two just with another bad teams in the way. But let's say, for example, the Saints fall apart and we have a top two pick. What do you think – how well does Hurts have to perform for Will Anderson to be a better option than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Ooh. Yeah, so I, I, I will jump in here. Um, if, if, CJ, if the Saints are that bad, if he goes have a top two pick, it would surprise me if they're not drafting a quarterback. Jalen Hurts would need to be proving that he's he's like near elite level. Because when I frame it that the Eagles, it depends what their options are. Um, it's not just a matter of the quality of the player, but it's the contract of the player too, right? Uh, so if you can get a quarterback who you think could be a high-level player and he's on a rookie deal for five years, four, to, you know, four with that fifth-year option, um, that is an intriguing proposition. So Jalen Hurts would need to show that he is near elite for them not to take one of the top quarterbacks in the draft this year. Yeah, I think I agree. I think if if, if they if they luck into a top three pick, I would be pretty surprised if they don't take a quarterback. Thank you for the call. Thanks, guys. Let's go to let's go to Daniel R. Now, let's give him another shot. Daniel R., how are you? Guys, um, sorry, I just had to. A couple questions. Um, if you guys, if you know, if you were to say that you know Rager got traded for Kareem Hunt, how do you think that would shake up? Would they try to move Miles Sanders, or would would Boston be on the move, or how do you think that would work out with the projected starters if they added Kareem Hunt? I don't think Miles Sanders would be going anywhere. Uh, you know, he's only got one year left on his deal. He's got this nagging hamstring injury that, that might not be a big deal but i think uh at that position i think you're fine having having uh two guys i mean it's what the browns have right um i would i would expect that that you know it means that they they keep four running backs and and boston scott and kenny kenny gainwell are on the bench and that's you know that's pretty much it what about you zach but so uh, real quick for our our listeners here i went off my airpods and, and pulled phone to my ear if the audio is any better that way i don't know if the issue is coming from my end or not but uh trying what i can here so leave your feedback there i agree with what you said i don't think miles sanders is out the door no matter what i think he's on the roster this year um and if they add someone whether it's cream hunt or someone else it is as kind of a 1a option 
I still think Miles Sanders is going to have a big part of this offense this season. Dave Spadaro doing some good yoga on the broadcast. like to see that as the uh, Eagles offense gets back on the field. Up 14-10 for their third drive of the game. Let's bring on Daniel M. now. Daniel M., what's popping? Are you there, Daniel M.? I am here. Can you hear me? And we can hear you. And uh, exciting news, Coyote Awashika on the field now at left guard. Uh, well, my question's answers guys when he was getting in. No, two, two questions. One is about the offensive weapons and kind of around Hertz's confidence level. It just feels like the offensive weapons have a chance to make a few more plays. I kind of think back to last year was that first Giants game where we had a chance to win at the end. The guy drops it. I just wonder what that does for the quarterback's confidence level, where if they make a catch here or there, does it help him continue to elevate? He's probably not going to be number one or number two, but can you get into that top 10 area with just a few more of those plays being made? I think there's, I think there's something to that. Uh, to me, it has like a, a more to do with AJ Brown, like dropping AJ Brown on top of the offensive weapons and pushing everybody else down changes so much about like what's on the field. And AJ Brown is also a guy who like, you know, that he's going to win. Um, you know, you can, I mean, over the course of camp, uh, the Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown connection has been uh, has been so easy and so seamless. Um, I think there probably is something to that, and uh, whether that means that like he's more willing to throw it into uh, tight coverage and uh, more willing to to throw the ball instead of hold on to the ball in the pocket. I guess we'll see if that plays out over the course of the season. But I mean, it's also hard to like disentangle. Uh, like confidence versus just he has better weapons. But I, I think you might see, see something like that play out a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Trust matters and, and chemistry matters. And when you have that with a player, it helps the connection. All right. Uh, thank you for the question. Let's give it to Evan Y. Now, Evan Y, how are you? I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Awesome. So, okay, I guess I have a question about the roster. So, who do you think will be the most surprising, like, roster casualty? And then mm. who do you think will be the, the most surprising player to make the roster? Mm. Well, Zach, you just went through your 53 exercise. So uh, tell, us, tell us how that played out for you. So I, I don't have surprise cuts in the sense that ja- I, I, I would say Jaquaski Tart at this point wouldn't be a surprise cut. Maybe going into camp, you, you might have thought that, but I don't think he's going to make the 53. If you're looking for like a really surprise cut, and I don't see this happening, but, but the, the kind of cut where you say, man, I, that, that was not expected would be Anthony Harris, in my opinion. I, yes. I think Anthony Harris is going to be a starting safety in week one, but <laughs> I think the range of outcomes there is anywhere from starting safety in week one to cutting him and not guaranteeing that salary and either bringing in someone or going to someone else. I think that's right. Um, I'm trying – like just in terms of other guys, it could be. Um, I think everybody else on defense, like veteran-wise, is, is pretty much etched in stone. Um, is Sean Bradley? I don't think he's a lock, but I I don't think that that's a. I mean, I think he's probably on the team, but I don't think that's like a shocking cut. Um, Sua Opeta, I feel like is is really good, but because it's the final year of his rookie deal, I could see them like trading him. Um, that that doesn't count as a cut, but I really there. I think Anthony Harris is the one guy who's like a a projected starter who 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 could be cut. 
And then how about, uh, did you have any big surprises making it, Zach? I have Josh Job making it right now as a sixth corner because Josiah Scott's kind of in between that, that, that corner safety area. And you want guys who can play on the outside. And I, I think, you know, Job is someone who, who can play on the, uh, on the outside as, as, as perceived. Uh, but my other surprise one was, was going to be Marvin Wilson. I think Marvin Wilson's playing well enough to be on the 53-man roster. I just – that would have them keeping six interior defense tackles because I think Marvin makes it. And you know Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, and Bill Williams are on the team. Six defensive tackles would be a lot of defensive tackles. Um, but I certainly if, – if, if, if you're saying write down your 53 best players, I think Marvin Williams – I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I think Marvin Wilson – has been one of their 53 best players. Do you think they could trade Javon Hargrave? It would surprise me if they traded Javon Hargrave at this point. Uh, I suppose never say never. I don't think the Eagles mind him playing on the last year of his deal. Uh, and I, I, I think he, he has a specific role for them, right? Um, now, Fletcher Cox looked really good, like you said. I don't think they're going to trade Fletcher Cox. That that would have been kind of the one where I was I I I, I was, not after the not after the little rigmarole they did in the off season. Yeah, exactly. No, I I, I was saying going into this off season, right? I, I right. Said Fletcher Cox was a guy they could move. Um, I don't think the Eagles mind having having depth there. I suppose they could trade Javon, but no, I I think if it comes down to it, it, it really comes down to to which guys you think you can. Um, or, or, or which guys need to stay on the roster because they're not going to clear waivers or, or something of that nature. Because the reality is, with the practice squad rules, you're not necessarily thinking who your, you know, game day roster is going to be because because you can work, you know, you can work uh, game day gymnastics. In there. Yeah, good point. Uh, thank you for the question, Evan. Let's move on to Michael C. Michael C. How are you? Hey, good guys. How are you? Good. What do you got? Uh, I was just curious. I know that a lot of the discussion tends to be if Hertz is going to be the quarterback next season and what they're going to do in regards to that. But I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think about uh, what other positions you could see the Eagles looking to upgrade or replace on um, in the 2023 offseason. I know that the secondary seems like an obvious choice with Darius Slay owed like $26 million on the last year's deal. James Bradbury being a free agent, safety being up in the air. But I'm curious if how you think that um, the Eagles will address other positions of potential need on the roster, like the secondary and running back, um, like if they would target players in free agency or the draft. I know a lot of it is contingent on what happens this season and who's available. But I just wanted to hear what your thoughts are about other positions. Uh, on the roster as opposed to just quarterback. Yeah, I think you uh, – go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Zach. so I can jump in here. Um, yeah, I think three positions to watch uh, for next offseason is running back, safety, and corner. Uh, and now corner because, you know, Bradbury and Slay are older, like you said. Um, safety because they, they need high-level play there. And, and running back because I think they can add a new starter there, whether it's in the draft or via you know, a, a, a different transaction. But – those are the three positions where I, I think they can make the most work. Nice completion downfield to Dion Kane, uh, who has had a good summer. I think I think you're right. Um, the only other one I would add is is pass rusher. I mean, they're going to have Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, but 
Um, that's pretty much, I mean, Barnett's on a one-year deal. Graham's in the final year of his deal. Uh, Teron Jackson's nice, but not, you know, good enough yet to be your, your number three pass rusher, I would say. So uh, knowing how Roseman, like, you know, if, if you're putting odds on what they're going to use their first round pick on, if it's not a quarterback, even though there's probably going to be a more pressing needed corner and safety, I think you would still make the smart money a pass rusher if, if there was somebody there. Well said. Uh, and and I I should also add Dane Brugler, who, who does an outstanding job, as, as as we know, previewing the draft, really likes this running back draft class, thinks, uh, thinks Bajan Robinson could be the best prospect since Saquon Barkley, thinks he'll be a first-round pick there. And then really likes this corner group. And the, the, the key name to know there, the top name to know there, is Keely Ringo from, from Georgia. So maybe they, they, uh, they dip their toes in the Georgia pool. Mm, there you go. Uh, thank you for the question, Michael. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go to Otis. Otis B. Otis B, you're on. Are you there, Otis? Zach, are you still there? Okay. No, no Otis? Yes. All right, Otis, come on back. Uh, if you get a sec, if you get a chance, let's go to Rohit. Rohit, oh. are you there? Yeah, hey, what's going on? How are you? Not bad, not bad. I just had a quick question about Nakobe D. Is it kind of concerning that he hasn't done too well, um, or hasn't flashed, I should say, in, in camp yet? I don't think so. Um, and I think some people were, uh, you know, pretty happy with his performance in the first preseason game. You know, he had, he, he had I think, five tackles and had a couple of those nice cleanup plays behind Jordan Davis. He did miss one tackle along the right sideline, but um, I, I don't think so. Um, I think they're pretty happy with what they've seen from Nicobe Dean so far. I still think that he's going to be involved in the defense early on, even though TJ Edwards and Kaiser White have both had good camps and are going to be the, the two linebackers to start. I, I would still be surprised if we don't see like Nicobe Dean playing 30% of the snaps by the second half of the season or something like that. I am with you there. Uh, and I mean, to me, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but what's jumped out to me is the way the linebackers have built above him. Uh, you know, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White have not seeded playing time with the way they're performing at all. And you would have thought that it would become fairly obvious for Nicobe D to be a, uh, a starter this year. But with the way Edwards and White are playing, I think they haven't given up their jobs, number one. And this is the best top three that the Eagles have had. Uh, in quite some time at, 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 at that position. You probably have to go back to, you know, Nico, Michael Petras, go to Nick, 
uh, for that to occur. I think the, my my other takeaway from Nicobe Dean, just talking about him, I mean, this is not a, a a unique observation, but he does look pretty small out there. Um, and I'm, you know, he's overcome it before, and I, I don't think that affects like my opinion of him really. But it does just sort of pop pop out at you when you see him on the field. Yeah, that's that's uh, I I I wouldn't disagree. You know, you I I knew that going in. And some of these these better linebackers now are on the smaller side, but yeah, he's certainly not. What's it's Shaquille Leonard now? He looks like a safety. Like yeah, yeah. He 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 looks like a tweener. I'd say. I, yeah. I mean, he'd be, he'd be a rocked-up safety. Well, just like you. <laughs> Neither rocked up nor safety. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's go to uh, – hold on. There we go. Uh, let's go to Brian K. Brian Koppelman. Hello? Uh, Hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't hear you there. No problem um, at all. Zach, I'm uh, – Calling in from uh, Virginia, and the Commonwealth misses you tremendously since you've left <laughs> us. Um, I I appreciate you saying that. I had a great time when I lived in Virginia. Yeah, we uh, we're getting by, but it's not the same. But, you know, <laughs> such as life. Um, but I was I wanted to ask you guys. Um, who was it? Uh, just the, with Jalen Hurts. This I don't know if people think this, but like. Sub- the difference between just not having Jalen Rager play as much, what that's going to do for Jalen Hurts, I think it's very simple. Like, if you look at the Eagles' top four receivers, and all four can get open. They haven't had four guys that can beat press coverage consistently in a long time. So is that just something you guys see that, like, in practice, what they're doing, just the quality of the position and what that's doing for Hurts? Zach, you want to go? Yes. Well, I I would say relative to what they had the last, let's say, three years, you're absolutely correct. Now, I'm not going overboard with either Jalen Rager or or Quest Watkins. I think they're they're nice pieces when they're slotted in as your third and fourth guy, right? And that's the beauty of the A.J. Brown transaction is it pushes everyone down and it makes everyone kind of fit better in, in their roles. But when I'm talking about – there was an ear interception on, on that play there. Uh, not a good pass. But when I'm talking about uh, the strength of this receiving group, I'm really focused on the top of the depth chart. It's really A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. It gives you some nice things. Jalen Rager has upside um, and has tools. But really, if A.J. Brown's not here and Devontae Smith's not here, you're not looking at those two and, and saying, man, you have guys who – who can beat man coverage. So um, to me, it's really the top of the depth chart. Then it makes those guys fit in, in, in better spots thereafter. Yeah, I think you're sure. being a little unfair to Quez Watkins. Uh, but I, I mean, the big, the big difference is AJ Brown. I mean, you're not, it's not just that you're getting Rager off the field. It's that he's being replaced by AJ Brown. Um, and I've, I've said it all, I've said it all summer, but like the Hertz Brown connection has been awesome. Um, it's like, yes. you know, that he's thrown to him often. He's thrown to him extremely accurately uh, and on time. And A.J. Brown is winning all the time. Um, it's like I, I, I think expectations uh, if were, were already high for A.J. Brown. I think they should uh, remain so and, and maybe be even higher. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. And I mean, I just think, if, you know, what that looks like for Hertz and his numbers, you know, obviously just projecting through the end of the year, if things work out, I mean, he should be in line for a big contract and all that because it, there aren't that many guys in the NFL that can do that stuff. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for the question. Uh, hold on. I gotta get the uh, get the app back open here. Thanks for the call, Brian. Uh, let's try to let's go back to Otis here. See if we can get Otis back on. Otis, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Well, it's an honor to be speaking to the world's greatest observer. Uh, shout out <laughs> Jerry Falwell. Um, but so it's, my question is. Devontae Smith over under 916 receiving yards. And if under, is that somewhat disappointing from the number 10 overall pick? So I think over. And I I know it's it's kind of hard to put some of these numbers together and say, well, you're going over on A.J. Brown and going over on Devontae Smith, going over on, on Dallas Goddard, right? Someone needs to get the short end of the stick. If I had to look at where the short end of the stick is going, I think it's, it's more those complementary options. And – you know, I, I made this comparison. It was either on the podcast or just in conversation with Bo. It's, it's going to be like one of those basketball teams where the big three has the usage rate in the 90s, right? That's that's the way I see this going. Devontae Smith last year in basically, you know, in, in 16 games, right, because that, that last game he, he left early, he, he would have had 1,000 yards if he played the length of the season. I, uh, I, I, I think that – He's better than he was a year ago. The offense is better than he was a year ago. I think they're going to pass the ball more than they, than they did a year ago. Uh, so I'm going over that on Devontae Smith. And there is nothing I've seen from Devontae that would suggest there's any reason to be disappointed at, uh, you know, at his play or production, even for someone who's the number 10 pick in the draft. Well, I think I think there's two things. And uh, the first thing is that Devontae uh, – like, he has had a fairly quiet summer until this week. Um, even when he was healthy at the beginning of camp, he was not getting the ball a ton. Uh, and I do think that he's going to be third on the list after AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. Um, that doesn't change like how good he is as a player, but I think he is the one whose numbers are most likely to suffer. Um, and that is sort of tied in with the, with the pick last year. Like the Eagles needed to hit on a pick right uh, after, after missing on Rager and, and missing on Dillard. They needed to hit on a first round pick, and they did. Like Devontae Smith is very good, but if you like looked back on it now, knowing that you were—I mean, you wouldn't know that you were going to get AJ Brown, but now knowing, like, would you change that pick? Would you rather have have whether it's—I mean, obviously like you'd Michael rather Parsons. have Micah Parsons, but yeah. knowing the Eagles were not going to take a linebacker, uh, would you rather have like a, an offensive lineman, or would you rather trade down? I'm not so sure. You would probably rather have Patrick Sertan if you could have gone up and got him. But um, it's it's an it's a separate conversation, I think. But um, I'm I'm not all the way sold on his numbers this year as as Zach is. But but I mean I, I think he's a great player. Lovely. Quick well, follow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was. I was, uh, I was I, just signing I, off there, GB. <laughs> Thank you. Otis. Absolutely. I I appreciate the question. Um, quick follow up there to uh, what you're saying uh, about last year's draft. I I think if the Eagles knew Parsons would be this type of pass rusher, then. Well, yeah, he would have gone first overall. Yeah, I mean. um, you know, uh, there was kind of a either a misevaluation or they just didn't really know what know what the player was going to become, and, and that's across the board there. Um, you know, not just the Eagles, but uh, I th- I frankly think they they would have taken Sir uh, um, they would have taken Sertain over Devontae Smith. I think they would have gone 
with corner last year over receiver if if they could have. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Daniel R again, I believe. Daniel, are you there? Hey, guys. Uh, sorry for so many questions, but it's so nice to talk to you guys in person. Um, I was just wondering, uh, out of the eight or nine CBs the Eagles have brought in over the last year, um, have any uh, looked the part of possibly transitioning to a safety role with, like, the size and skill? And then, two, with Jaquaski Tart, I know he has been absent and, and we're not really seeing much from him. Do you feel like he might be a Jordan Howard-esque player where they're actually resting him early and then around week eight or so they bring him in uh, to deliver the hits when everyone else is, uh, you know, not so fresh? Funny timing for that question, by the way. Or I, I shouldn't say funny. Odd timing for that question. And the reason it's odd timing is because is Josiah Scott just left the field um, with an injury. And Josiah Scott's the answer to the first part of your question. He is the the corner that they that they've acquired in, in the past you know, year and a half, two years, who they're transitioning to safety. And the way the Eagles play safety in their scheme, uh, it, there's there's a lot of comparisons to slot corner, and they think he could be that type of player, similar to what we saw from Avante Maddox, frankly, in 2018, was it? Um, so or or 2019 rather. So something to to monitor there. The second part of the question, I'm happy to chime in, but I'll, I'll defer to Bo on, on, on your opinion. On Jaquaski Tart? I think yes. it's, I mean, uh, I do think that he probably has a better chance of making the team than uh, like where he sits on the depth chart right now. Um, I mean, you would think that for a player like him, what he did on the field for the Niners last year matters more than like he, him having a slow start to camp and being absent. But like if they really liked him, I would imagine he'd be playing, you know, over Josiah Scott on the field, uh, or over over Kayvon Wallace. So I don't know. I I, I think right now, uh, water gun to my toe. I, I would say he's not going to make the team, but I, I do think that there's a, like a maybe a better chance than than we think. Thank you guys. Best podcast in the world. Amen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, let's bring on uh, let's bring on Ben B. Ben B, how are you? Hey guys, uh, this is a question for the uh, Takesman. What is your hottest take from the uh, Browns Eagles week of practice? And uh, second, just wanted to let Zach know this is on the record. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, I would say my hottest take is that uh, is that uh, this this Browns second team center Michael Dunn looks like a Pro Bowler to me. Is that hot enough? Okay. Zachary A again. Repeat customer. Zachary A, how are you? Hey, sorry. I didn't. don't want to overboard, but I asked a question at the end and sort of got cut off in the echo chamber that we were in. Sure. And the question was, considering that most recent um, offensive line injury for the Bucks, and I know they have another one, um, do you think it makes sense for the Eagles to trade some of their depth at a line for either more capital or starters this year? Well, I mean, remember last year they got a they got a pick for Matt Pryor, who was not going to make the team. I think exactly. I think they are they are deep enough that they probably are going to be able to do that again at cut down if they want to. Um, I think they could maybe get something for Jack Anderson. Um, they could. I think if they wanted like a like a, a fifth round pick, they could get a little bit more for somebody like Sua if they wanted to move on since he's got in the final year of his rookie deal. Uh, if they like one of the down depth chart guys, and then obviously Dillard is 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 the obvious one. I think with Dillard, he's like for a team with theoretical Super Bowl aspirations, uh, like that backup left tackle is so important for them that I I, I think they're going to need something significant like a, like a second round pick for Dillard. And the other problem is that like what's the other backup plan? Because the Raven Clark has not looked good at all, and Jack Driscoll barely plays on the left side. So if you're really going to give that up, you need you need something significant back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Bo there. It would surprise me if they traded one of their tackles at this point um, because they have less depth there. Interior is where maybe you make a move. And so, Sua, if there's a team that thinks, you know, let's say Tampa Bay, we lost a starting safety. I'm sorry, a, a starting guard last night. If, if, if they think that Sua is a starting level player and the Eagles look at it and, and say, obviously Jack Driscoll um, has started for them before. And maybe Jack Anderson can be a you know quality backup for you, and they have some other options there. Yeah, that's that's something I I, I could see them do. It would just it would, it would be hard for me to see them moving off of Andre Dillard, given that they don't really have a backup left tackle. Awesome, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we are uh, almost at the end of the second quarter here. Forty eight seconds left as the Browns are driving. We'll take it through. Uh, the first half. So let's go to Sean M. Sean M. What's what's going on? Hey. So um, my question is with Cam Jurgens on the roster and playing well, 
Uh, how much longer do you think Jason Kelsey plays for? Hmm. I mean, I think I think like the odds makers would would probably say that this is most likely his last year, but. Uh, he, we have some people have thought that before, and I'm not going to count Kelsey out until uh, until he says it's over. But I think uh, that would probably be like if you were going to put your turkeys on it, you would probably put the most turkeys there. I would guess. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I I, I am in the same boat there, and I, I mean the the kind of the quick answer to that is however long Jason Kelsey wants to play, because I I really think it's in Jason's. Hands now, as opposed to in, in the past, I think they were certainly times when the Eagles might have been looking to move on from him. Um, but I, I don't think this is a matter of Cam Jurgens being here. If Jason wants to come back next year, I think the Eagles would keep him next year. Um, but my guess is this is probably Kelsey's last season. Yeah. Although Thanks. I said that in the past two years. Thank you for the question. Uh, all right, let's finish this out with Parth and then Daniel after that. So we're going to have two more. Parth, what's going on? You there? Hmm, tough noogies. All right. How you doing? Hey, guys, thanks again so much for taking my questions. Um, with, uh, you know, heading into the season, any last-minute sort of um, uh, crazy additions that we might see, obviously – Safety is what's on all of our minds, but could you see an addition other than Hunt being made in any other position group other than safety or running back? Like a splash trade. Yeah, so I think a splash trade would be safety because I think that's the spot where they would look to upgrade the starting line. And, I mean, the, the name you'll probably hear the most is Chuck Clark in Baltimore. That's that's been floated about or 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 talked about since the uh, draft when the Ra- uh, uh, when the Ravens took Kyle Hamilton. From everything I've read from down there, they're looking to keep three safeties. So it doesn't seem like that's an option. But you never know. And then the other thing I I've, I've talked about is ooh, a, a nice tackle there by Andre by Andre Shasher, uh, is whether there is um, a player similar to Ronald Darby back in 2017 who's a starter but entering the final year of his contract and, and that team tries to move on and uh, or or get something for him before he hits the market. And an interesting player to watch there, and I'm not like putting this out there saying it could, um, but, Naz- but uh, sorry, Nazir Adderley in Los Angeles just because they just spent big money on Derwin James and they drafted JT Woods in the third round this year. So maybe if they think JT Woods can start and they're not going to pay Nazir Adderley this offseason – Maybe to say if they can get a decent pick for him now, something to think about. I like that. Um, the other splash positions, I would say, uh, running back, uh, even if it's not Kareem Hunt, I think is out there. Um, and there are there are probably some guys who, who could be had if the Eagles wanted to send a mid-round pick. And then the other one is, we talked about this on the uh, the pregame show we were doing on, on YouTube. I like I, There's something that, like, Howie Roseman, if Jimmy G is available... Uh, and nobody else is willing to pay for him. If could he flip Minshew for like a sixth or seventh round pick and and bring in Jimmy G? I just think uh, they're always, you know, as Howie Roseman says, we always value the quarterback position. That's an organizational tenant. Uh, I think like that's a that's a thing that could happen. Thank you guys so much. Best podcast in the world. Thank you for saying so.
Uh, hold on here. All right. Oh, we got Parth back. Let's get Parth on. Parth, are you there? I am. I am. Thank you yes. for, for getting me back here. I appreciate it. Sure. Uh, so uh, I joined a little bit late, so I'm not sure if anyone asked, but obviously uh, Dion Kane has had you know a, a pretty pretty great game. You know he had a he had a couple of big catches on that one drive. If we can get Rager out there, like we can talk Rager out of here, you know maybe he needs to change the scenery. But he's also been pretty good, you know. But do you think the Eagles keep you know uh, Kane as the fifth, and then uh, maybe keep Covey as the sixth because of his returnability or? You know, how do you see the roster kind of taking shape uh, in that aspect? Yeah, I think if I think if they did find a trade for Rigger, I think they would uh, have Dean Kane on the roster. I think he's he's been that good. Yes, I I agree with Bo, um, and I, I wrote it in the practice observations on Friday that Dion Kane to me like deserves a spot on the roster based on the way he's he's played. I just don't know how the roster man would work out. Um, and I, I don't know if you keep him as a sixth receiver because he's, he's not returning for you. Uh, but if, if they traded uh, Jalen Rager, then that certainly he goes into the mix and, and, and you're seeing the production. But the other thing, Bo pointed this out on a birds with friends earlier this summer, he, his body type is, is kind of what they need in that reserve role. You know, he, he gives you that, that big physical outside receiver, Whereas they don't have that um, in those four, five, six spots. Otherwise, there you yeah, go. absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of thinking. AJ's, you know, a, a, a bigger receiver, but Kane is bigger yeah. than him. And in terms of contested catch and you know back shoulder fade, that type of thing, definitely seems like Kane. Is, Kane has a has a unique uh, unique gift there. But thank you guys so much for taking uh, the time to answer the question. Of course, thank you for the question, and thank you to everybody else uh, who asked the question. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. And Zach, uh, it's good to talk to you. Absolutely. This was a fun first half, right? I mean, we're not there, but this was the next best thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I should have ended it with uh, nice to talk to you, right? Sure. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for this live room. Um, you can also listen to the podcast that we did on YouTube uh, in the lead up to the game and throughout the first quarter. Get a little snippet of play by play action from ZB and the Wolf. And uh, we'll have some uh, something on the site after the game in terms of uh, winners and losers, something like that. And then we are headed off to Miami on Tuesday for joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday and that is ahead of the final preseason game in Miami, which is ahead of the preseason cuts or the uh, roster cuts next Tuesday. So uh, lots of stuff coming your way. And uh, Zach, Zach's got you covered. He's the man. I think we both have us okay. covered. Well, we, we, we both got you covered. Okay. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, once again, for Marissa and Michael and Elijah and Zach, I'm Bo. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. And as always, We love you.